0: Welcome to the Career Zone podcast, where each episode we spend some time focusing on something that's on students' minds right now. I'm your host, Rachel, employability and careers consultant with the University of Exeter. You can catch up on all of our episodes by doing all of those subscribing and following things. We're on Spotify and iTunes. Hello, my name is Mara George, and I'm a freelance portfolio worker meaning I have a number of different roles across a number of different organisations and projects. I graduated 15 years ago and I've made the transition from being a full-time employee for larger organisations to being self-employed, managing my own time and work commitments. This hasn't been an easy journey. As with anything in life, you get out what you put in. I hope that by sharing some of my experiences in today's podcast, you will get a real sense of the realities of a portfolio career, how to survive as a freelancer with a key focus on the human-only skills you need to thrive. A word of caution, no two portfolio careers are the same. And that's the point, they are as unique as each of us. Now I know you'll have heard this a lot over the last three years. The world is in flux. It is volatile and complex. The pandemic has impacted every industry and organisation, as well as our personal lives and social networks. It's now the norm to experience ongoing, sometimes daily, innovation in our lives. And digital technologies have transformed the way we live and work. At the same time, world leaders are collaborating to address issues related to health, education, gender equality, energy and much more. Private sector leaders are also recognising that it makes good business sense to be aware of their social and environmental impact. So what does this world of work have in store for you as soon-to-be graduates? I believe that you can prepare now for this new world of work, despite the challenging global environment. As a freelance worker, you have to adapt regularly to flourish in this environment. At this stage, I want to introduce the concept of entrepreneurial thinking. This mindset is not only the purview of those who want to set up their own business, but for anyone wanting to succeed in this challenging global environment. You don't have to start a business to be considered entrepreneurial. The technical business side is only one of many aspects of being an entrepreneur. Today, entrepreneurial instincts are encouraged and held in high regard And I'm going to highlight some key areas of entrepreneurial thinking that I have found useful while navigating self-employment. Resilient networking. According to the Institute of Student Employers and their Student Development Survey in 2022, graduate employers value resilience as the number one skill in graduate candidate. Resilient individuals build strong connections and relationships with others. These high-quality relationships can be characterised by a number of features, including effective communication, in which an individual listens actively and is responsive to their colleague, collaborator or client. Resilience is an active, dynamic process which involves engaging with others. In positive workplace relationships, a resilient worker will do what they can to help another person to achieve success. So what happens when you're self-employed? People make the mistake of assuming that self-employed workers only work alone. This isn't true. In my own experience, I have the joy of loads of workplace relationships with diverse teams across a range of organisations and individual projects. This engagement with a wider network of people is also key to ensuring a steady flow of work. I have been nurturing professional relationships since I was a teenager without even really realising it. In the industries I work in, every meeting, every event, and every interaction is an opportunity to network. Networking isn't a daunting, scary thing I do once a year, donning my best suit and frantically trying to remember the names and organisations of all those people who might be in attendance. Instead, it's an opportunity to connect with people on a genuine level. I work hard to nurture my work networks, consistently building trust with others, For a portfolio worker, personal and professional networks act not only as a form of guidance and support, but also as a way of securing work. In some industries, an estimated 70% of the job market is hidden. Vacancies that aren't advertised or filled by previously identified candidates. In large organisations, vacancies are often filled internally, as they have an already existing pool of staff. And in both the large and small-scale businesses, the recruiter might already have a professional network of professional candidates, so there is no need to advertise the vacancy. I secure a large majority of my work through this hidden market. Either I pick up a repeat piece of work with a trusted employer or client, or I rely on word of mouth to do my bidding for me. The years I have spent cultivating my network of trusted individuals really has paid off, This network helps me to secure work by recommending me to others, and in turn, I do the same. It pays to support other people and to nurture a vibrant and diverse network. Modern workplaces are typified by change. The climate of work that we've already talked about demands the need to be flexible and adaptive. These skills shouldn't be undervalued. This flex in how I work means that I often need to reinvent myself, I don't mean that I need to hide a previous version of my work self, I'm really proud of all the work that I've done, but I do need to ensure that I don't get pigeonholed as only being able to deliver one kind of work. It's a bit like plate spinning. I have three versions of my CV that I share with potential employers depending on their work focus. I believe in my own ability to learn quickly and to be responsive to the needs of my clients. This requires a huge amount of self-belief, optimism and motivation, skills that I have been developing for years. I'm committed to learning, and this is perhaps a key feature of entrepreneurial thinking that goes a long way when you're self-employed. As I've said, you have to be adaptable and opportunistic by seizing the opportunities wherever they arise. Another key part of entrepreneurial mindset is being able to course correct, to learn from your mistakes and move on. It is only by failing that we learn. Samuel Beckett, the well-known novelist and dramatist said, ever tried, ever failed. No matter, try again, fail again, fail better. Beckett is simply saying that you need to learn from your mistakes. Failure is necessary and we need to find ways to be comfortable with the idea of failing up. The most important thing is to strive to move forward continually. If we were to chart our progress on a board, of course it would have ups and downs, but overall it should move upward as we live and learn from our mistakes and failures. This is at the heart of failing up. Your brain is capable of incredible things. What we think of as intelligence is not permanent. Your brain can improve, it can grow. Your brain is a muscle and you can exercise it. Repetition is good and helps it to learn. By experiencing repeated failures, you learn and then you improve. There are two types of mindset that we can cultivate. One that embraces problems as opportunities to learn and one that completely avoids them, often out of fear of failing. People that avoid conflicts can be described as having a fixed mindset and tend to believe that basic qualities, intelligence or talent, are fixed traits which are then connected to success. In contrast, those who see problems as interesting challenges have a growth mindset. Most people spiral downward after failure. Yet failure, if navigated correctly, can lead to success because through it you develop new abilities. As a freelancer, I have adopted a growth mindset, which is key when you are responsible for motivating yourself and getting the job done. Here are three steps to failing up successfully. One, reflect. Ask yourself, what could I do differently next time? Two, set a goal. Maybe it's the same goal again, but make a plan. And number three, act. Give it a go. Keep going through the process. Students can view self-employment as an extra complication, whereas others may already be engaging in freelance work alongside their studies. The reality is that these days the workforce is hugely varied and it's possible to maintain both an employed position and freelance roles. A job for life is no longer the norm and I particularly enjoy the variety and opportunities to learn that being self-employed brings. I want to share with you some of the realities of being self-employed. These are common themes and some misconceptions too. Holidays. As a self-employed person, you are able to set your own holidays without the restrictions of organisational policies, for example. How you do this will depend on the rhythm of your work. If you tend to work on one-off projects for a few weeks or months at a time, it's standard practice to take holidays in between projects. However, if you're working for a number of clients or have a number of projects that last for several months or you might have a continuous trade, planning your holiday in advance is recommended. You need to factor in lost earnings during any holiday weeks. However, if you create an annual forecast of your earnings, you can flex your work balance, taking on additional work, or work that perhaps is paid at a higher rate, to offset those lost earnings. Moving on to loan working, how you work is determined by you when you're self-employed. Your office can be your bedroom, a coffee shop or a shared workspace. There are lots of ways to connect and you don't have to resign yourself to endless days of loan working. As I've previously mentioned, I have a strong professional network and I regularly meet up with others in shared workspaces or I pick up the phone to chat through a problem or to discuss a collaborative project. On other days, I enjoy working from home with my two cats around me, and this flexibility is a really enjoyable aspect of my work. Moving on to ultimate responsibility. I enjoy the level of responsibility that comes from being solely responsible for delivering excellent work. I engage with a number of employment sectors and on projects that are meaningful to me, and with organisations that share my values. This ultimate responsibility is motivating for me and I appreciate the chance to shape my work and to be free from restrictive workplace policies. Risk. All of life contains risk. You simply choose your preferred level of risk. If you're an employee of a company, you are still taking a risk. You are entrusting your job security, income potential and employment to other people If you're self-employed, you're taking that risk upon yourself. The choice you make depends on your level of trust in yourself. And that's where developing your self-confidence is key. I've already talked quite a lot about resilience, adaptability and collaboration as key skills that you must develop to thrive as a portfolio worker. But there are some other human-only skills that you will need to cultivate. These include creative thinking. Many people believe that creative thinking is something that strikes at random In reality, there are many ways to use creative problem-solving every day, even if you don't think you have innate creativity. Often, creative thought involves tapping into different styles of thinking and examining information from different viewpoints to see new patterns. Anyone can foster a creative mind with some practice. You may be managing a number of projects, contracts or collaborations at once, so it's imperative that you develop strategies from the outset that will allow you to manage your time effectively and that prioritises your well-being. It's great being in control of your own work, but it can be difficult to manage many conflicting pressures. Again, practise putting this skill into action through your degree course. Planning is key to keeping things in check. Finally, our capacity to effectively address others and ourselves, to connect with our emotions and to manage them, to self-motivate, to put the brakes on our impulses and to overcome frustrations are all part of developing excellent emotional intelligence. These elements are necessary in navigating self-employment effectively. Remember, all of these skills that I've listed can be developed and nurtured. Take the time to nurture these skills in yourself. This was the Career Zone Podcast brought to you by the University of Exeter Career Zone. Check out iTunes and Spotify to keep up with all of our regular releases. And if you'd like us to cover something else in another episode, just send us a message hashtag Career Zone Podcast at UOE Careers on Twitter or at UOE Career Zone or at UOE Cornwall Career Zone on Instagram and we'll follow up in one of the next episodes.